Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at how gender diversity at both CEO and board level affects M&A outcomes. Joining me is Dr. Valeria Vitkova, Senior Research Fellow and Course Director at Bayes Business School. Hi, Valeria. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So could you begin by giving us an overview of the research you've been doing, please? Uh, yeah, so this research was uh, produced in collaboration with uh, SSNC Interlinks. And what we wanted to look at is how uh, female CEOs and uh, gender diversity at the board level impacts the M&A strategy of uh, companies and how uh, it impacts the subsequent performance of uh, acquirers. And uh, we've been working on this. So we've produced two major reports over the last uh, five years, looking at very large international samples of of firms. Uh, In the latest report, for example, we look at uh, deals announced between the beginning of 2010 and the end of 2021, we've looked at large, significant trans- transactions, those that have a minimum value of uh, 50 million. And our sample consists of 11,000 plus uh, M&A deals. So I think this adds to the robustness uh, of, of our data and to the reliability of the results that we have produced. And specifically what we've looked at is the long-term share price performance of companies, the long-term operating performance, looking at accounting measures. But also we've looked at the short-term announcement reaction, so the market reaction to announcements of these major M&A deals. Great. So it sounds like it's a really comprehensive study. So why has there been increased scrutiny of the low level of representation of women in senior leadership positions on company boards and at CEO level? Why now? Yeah, um, so I think that's a very good question. I mean, in general, what we have seen is that uh, there has been an ESG agenda that has quickly gathered pace in recent years. And really, if you think about it, gender diversity is one of the important issues included within this uh, ESG uh, agenda. And what we have seen is that not just gender, but ethnic and cultural diversity as well are uh, becoming an increasingly important consideration for for many companies. Specifically, I think if we think about the area of uh, M&A, issues relating to diversity uh, and inclusion have become more relevant in every stage of the deal process. So particularly if we think about the due diligence stage, where you are uh, investigating the uh, ESG performance of the potential targets that you want to buy. And you also want to look at what will be the impact of integrating different businesses within your own in terms of whether it will help you to progress on these goals uh, linked to diversity and ESG in general. Um, And I think one of the key reasons why we have had this is, I think, Uh, Because we have had evidence that shows that there are clear benefits to having uh, more diverse leadership teams 
So we have had academic studies, reports, the reports that we have published as well, uh, that provide uh, and send this clear message that companies that have more diverse senior leadership teams do perform better. They can generate higher value for stakeholders and for their shareholders. Yeah, I'd like to look into that in a bit more detail a bit later on. But can we now look at what evidence there is to show that markets are less supportive of acquisitions by female CEOs and whether there is an investor bias in the process? What our analysis clearly shows is that having female CEOs and greater gender diversity at the board level are associated with significantly better long-term performance. And that's statistically significant. Uh, and also compared to the peers of these businesses. And given this strong association between performance and diversity that we have found, I would say we were also a bit surprised to find that the investor reaction to deals announced by female CEOs, for example, was in fact not as positive as the reaction to deals initiated by male CEOs. So within this discrepancy that we have observed between the long-term reaction and the initial reaction to deal announcements, uh, I think what that led us to, to think is that there is some kind of investor bias, whether that's conscious or unconscious uh, is, is, is difficult to say. And I guess what makes this matter even more surprising is that from our analysis, we could not explain this more negative reaction by poor company performance following these, uh, the completion of these acquisitions. Uh, we couldn't explain this by the maybe perhaps female CEOs and a more gender diverse board making poor uh, M&A cho- choices or adopting poor strategies. Because, in fact, the types of strategies that uh, tend to be adopted by by these more gender-balanced leadership teams appear to have characteristics that are associated with success. So, for example, the types of targets that these gender-balanced boards would pursue and uh, ultimately buy uh, tend to have higher valuation, tend to have higher profitability, they tend to have uh, higher liquidity, lower leverage. And if you take all these financial characteristics together, what you see is that these are genuinely more successful businesses, stronger businesses, which once incorporated into the acquirer's uh, business portfolio are likely to lead to uh, better performance, to stronger performance. We also found that in terms of uh, the the way that the transactions are structured, uh, the M&A deals, there are some systematic differences as well. So, for example, in terms of the amount of advice, external advice and support that uh, female CEOs and more gender balanced boards look for. So what we found is that when you have female CEOs and more gender balanced boards, you tend to seek more external advice in terms of you would have a higher number of financial and a higher number of legal advisors as well. And so all of these characteristics are really associated with 
higher likelihood of being successful. And so when we look at this discrepancy between the initial reaction and then the way that the deals are structured and the performance, it does lead us to, to, to believe that perhaps there is uh, some bias. So you've covered quite a lot of it already, but why are boards with female representation more likely to outperform their all-male counterparts, both over the short and longer term. And that's looking at both M&A and then more broadly, businesses with better female representation on their boards. So we found that there are systematic differences uh, between the types of deals that are structured by female CEOs and male CEOs and also by uh, more gender balanced boards and more male dominated boards. Um, So what we see is that these uh, more diverse uh, leadership teams would go for a different type of of target. So so those targets that have the financial characteristics that are really associated with uh, businesses that have high growth prospects. So these would be companies that have higher valuation, they would be uh, more liquid, they would have lower levels of uh, leverage, they would be uh, more profitable businesses. So those are the type of targets that uh, these uh, more gender diverse firms would, would, would go after. And then the way that they would structure the deal would be in a way uh, more, more uh, risk cautious approach where you, you seek uh, more external advice. We see that female CEOs and uh, uh, more uh, gender balanced boards tend to uh, use a higher number of financial advisors. Uh, they tend to use a higher number number of legal advisors. They are more likely to also pay for these acquisitions with with cash, uh, which 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 in general, from corporate finance theory, we know suggests that it's only when you are certain. Uh, about the benefits associated with the deal. It's only when you are confident enough about the synergies that you're going to generate is when you're when you're going to use uh, cash as the method of, of payment. So, so it should really send a, a strong signal to markets uh, when firms when firms use cash. Also, we found differences in terms of the types of targets. So they tend to be private apart from the financial characteristics that I have already mentioned. So the, these companies uh, are more gender-balanced boards. They're more likely to go for, for private uh, targets. And again, from corporate finance theory, there is evidence that when you go to buy private targets, you are likely to get uh, a certain level of discount, uh, perhaps because uh, it is more difficult to to, 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 to evaluate the the. Um, intangible assets uh, of the of the target business to value the business itself, and so uh, because of this, you are likely to to, to get a, be- a better price uh, for for the company that you're buying. Also, very interesting, I think, uh, what we have seen during the pandemic is that more gender balanced boards were also more likely to use. Uh, termination fees, both target and acquire termination fees. So these are like insurance contracts that uh, help would help you to mitigate some of the risks and some of the some of the downsides associated with the transaction potentially failing. And so I think that all these differences, if we put them together, the types of targets, the method of payment, and then uh, seeking external advice, the way that the deals are structured, I think 
really show a clear picture that when you have a more gender balanced board, uh, you are likely to consider M and A as a as a as a as a strategic step from very different pers- from lots of different perspectives, and 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 I think that probably helps uh, in terms of being more likely to succeed and generate uh, greater value. And just looking very briefly, just looking a bit more broadly than M and A. What evidence do you see that diversity is good for the profits of businesses? More broadly, we have seen that companies that have greater diversity in general, uh, and this is in fact not just at the leadership level, but you know at any level within the organization, we see that these companies are more likely to invest uh, larger amounts in research and development. They're more likely to to focus on innovation. They're also quite likely to 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 focus on growing the business organically as well as uh, through mergers and acquisitions. So 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 we do see some systematic differences, even if we step aside from M and A, but just look at businesses in general. So uh, they 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 just tend to be, I guess, more open-minded in a way. So that's the research and development, the innovation that we see. It just it just uh, leads us to, to conclude that it just makes these companies more open-minded to uh, developing new products, new services, uh, adopting new strategies. Great. Thank you. So what can be done before female CEOs are, are better perceived and valued by the market and wider stakeholders? So I think that's a very uh, good question. I think what I what I want to kind of stress, which I found quite important and personally, you know, quite striking, is that when when we look at some of the statistics published out there about the progress that we have made in terms of we do have, if we look at the past five years or so, there has been an increased level of representation of female leaders uh, on company boards. However, when we look at the actual uh, split of this role between executive and non-executive directors, we see that the vast majority of positions that are allocated to uh, women are non-executive. So only about, based on the latest data that I have seen, which is global, uh, looking at a global sample of companies, uh, only about 7% of executive positions, board level executive positions are occupied by females. Which seems like a shockingly low figure. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and you know, why is this important? Because if, if you think about when, when you are an executive is when you have real power, is when you, you know, command significant resources. And so, and, and, and also is a position from which you can, perhaps become a CEO, so it's like a, a gateholder post. So logically, I would say one key area that we should be focusing on is uh, working towards increasing the number of women that have those executive positions. So it's not just about window dressing uh, and appearing that you are working towards those ESG goals, but actually really you know, implementing policies that can that can help you with that. And so then I guess the question is, how can companies uh, practically uh, achieve this? 
I mean, one area is to promote awareness. For example, they can share data on the experiences of women in their organizations. They can bring thought-provoking speakers. They can encourage employees to share their experience and ideas. And also, I think then we need to ask the question, so how do we move from increased awareness, which in a way we have already discussed that there is some increased awareness, to, to, to action? Here, I think a key area is to provide, for example, uh, appropriate training. And I I can give you some more uh, statistics here. So um, if you look at the percentages of uh, employees that uh, receive diversity training, it's less than 35% or or about 35%. And that's based on US data, which I think is probably among the the developed markets when it comes to uh, diversity. So uh, I think there is scope to take bolder steps uh, within this area. Uh, linked to this awareness and training, it should be a continuous process. So it, sh- so it shouldn't be just a one-off because if you think about the types of um, what, what we're trying to change is deeply rooted uh, biases, uh, habits, perhaps. And so, so, so to change that from a behavioral perspective, you need to continuously repeat and reshape uh, these beliefs and ideas that, uh, you know, and keep uh, kind of uh, sending the message, uh, communicating the message that diversity is generally uh, good, is generally can lead to, to positive outcomes. I could talk to you about this all day. I, th- I find it fascinating. But we've got time for one final question. What industries are leading the charge in terms of the corporates, in, in terms of the banks, lawyers, private equity groups? So again, if you look at the latest statistics on this topic, we see that sectors such as uh, industrials, real estate, technology and energy tend to have the lowest percentage of uh, female leaders. On the other hand, we've got sectors such as uh, media and retail, which are among the top performance. So, so there are some, 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 some stark discrepancies. And I guess the key question is whether this is uh, owing to the nature of, of, of these businesses. And perhaps his, the fact that historically some of these worst performing industries uh, have been perceived to be male dominated. So it's like a a self-perpetuating phenomenon in a way. So I think probably one way to to, to deal with this is to to make sure that these, we we change this perception about these industries that are more uh, male dominated to get society to, to realize that the, the, these industries don't need to necessarily uh, be only reserved for, for, for male employees. That's great. Valeria, thank you. Thank you very much. That was Dr Valeria Vitkova, Senior Research Fellow and Course Director at Bayes Business School. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. 